Happy learning to all the prophetic people out there. Now, one of the most asked questions that people ask to read the prophetic is whether they are prophetic. And if so, what is the sign or the signs for it, of course. Remember that what seems crooked is most likely straight and what seems straight is most likely crooked. Hi, welcome to my show. Today I will be covering topic one of season one. Are you prophetic? We are about to have a very interesting uh, day today where we will discuss some of the things that are giving some trouble and some issues in the prophetic ministry and those who desire the prophetic gift, of course. My basic scripture throughout that I want to speak on is found in Revelation chapter 19 verse 10. Now it speaks about the testimony of Jesus, which is key one in the portion of scripture. And it also speaks about the spirit of prophecy, which is key two, also found in Revelations chapter 19, verse 10. Revelations 19, verse 10 says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. Now, now, keep in mind what I'm saying. I'm, I'm opening up just to indicate to you that this portion of scripture, if you have been doubting whether you are prophetic or desiring the prophetic, already if you understand the revelation of what's going on in this portion of scripture in the book of Revelations. And keep in mind now that when this angel appeared to John, John didn't recognize him as such as an angel. John thought that he was a son of God or God himself revealing himself to him. So when the angel came and revealed to John some mysteries and some hidden things that will be revealed at the end of days and later as years continue on in, in, in life, uh, John was so baffled and shocked about the, the revelation and the appearance of this angel that the Bible says that John fell on his feet. Now, one of the most uh, uh, key dangers that I need to point out over today and over the weeks to come is when people start to worship those who God effectively, accurately start using in the prophetic. One of the most dangers of the prophetic ministry is when prophets that, that somehow uh, love the attention that they get go wayside and love the attention of worship that people actually give him. Now, let me go back to the scripture, Revelation chapter 19 verse 10. The Bible says that John fell on his feet and John started to worship somebody or some entity that appeared to him and, and opened up some revelations. This individual, this person or this angel immediately addresses John. But he said to John, see that you do not do that. Do what? Fall on your knees and worship me. Then he gave him the reason why he says it. He says, I am your fellow servant. One of the things that prophets must understand, especially in the light, how God can use a prophet and how accurately prophets can become when it comes to the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. So when God starts to use the prophet, prophets must caution themselves and caution people not to worship them. I've been seeing this through the years and one of the things that disturbed me is that there are 
some prophets that actually embraces this kind of worship and this kind of adoration. He says, I'm a fellow servant. What he's saying to John is, he's saying to, the, to, to, to John, he says, John, listen to me. I am a servant. I'm not your God. I'm not here to be worshipped. I'm not here to get you to do the servant work. I myself am a servant just like you. So he equal himself with John. He put himself on the same platform with John and he brings John on the same platform with him. Then he continues with the second, second reason why John cannot fall on his knees and worship him. He says, and of your brethren, he says, I am not only your fellow servant, I'm also one of your brethren. Now this is a revelation. That is a topic for another time to go in depth. What was he really referring to? But what I do know is he says, I'm of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, which means I'm carrying the testimony of the salvation that Jesus brought. I'm carrying the testimony of the healing that Jesus brought. I'm carrying the testimony of the, of the deliverance that Jesus brought. I know what Jesus stands for. I partook of the resurrection power of Jesus. I understand about the death and the resurrection. I know about the power that rose Jesus from the dead. That power I understand. So this uh, angel is trying to tell John, you cannot worship me. I'm a fellow servant like you. Secondly, you cannot worship me because I'm from your brethren who carries the testimony of Jesus. Now, what he says, he says immediately after that, worship God. He says, because of the testimony that I carry of Jesus, and because I'm a fellow servant of you, we need to worship God. So even the angel, or the one that appeared to John, refers John and himself to worship God, the supreme being. God alone should be worshipped. God alone should be adorned. God alone should be seen as the majesty and no one else. He continues now and is giving answers that we are struggling today in the, in the prophetic. He says, for the testimony, the same testimony of for the testimony, the same testimony of healing, for the testimony, the same testimony, uh, testimony of deliverance is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I love that. Because what he's saying to me is that if I carry genuinely in my life as a projection to the world, the testimony of Jesus, now the testimony of Jesus is going twofold. One, Jesus himself is a testimony. He came to earth uh, miraculously. He died and rose from the dead. That is a testimony already of who we serve. The cross is our, our, our rise and, and sign. Uh, the, the death and resurrection is what we're after and what makes us Christians and what makes us who we are in the followers of Christ the anointed one but then he continues and he says that we with the testimony of Jesus now I'm carrying a testimony I believe that those who are born again listen to me you are carrying a testimony your testimony through revelation of the testimony of Christ and what he have done for you your life changed my life changed our life changed so our lives start to project a transformation a resurrection a restoration to our family a restoration transformation to our neighbors a restoration transformation to our place a workplace a restoration and a transformation to anyone that meets us and used to know us and all meet us for the first time they see that something happened now it's a testament of Christ in his resurrected power his deliverance power his healing power that set me free now the whole resurrection and healing and transformation of Christ that he done on the cross and on the resurrection of the uh, from the grave in my life is now actively working now people see the change my the change 
change in my life becomes a prophetic utterance, a prophetic declaration, a prophetic prophetic word that people can see. Well, that if God could do it for him, God can do it for me. If God could heal him, God can de- heal me. If God has delivered her, God can deliver me. If God, if God has saved him or her in such a manner, God can definitely save me. So your life that has been transformed by Christ becomes a loving prophetic utterance declaration which I'm telling you based on Revelations 9 and 10 having the testimony of Christ in your life is already putting you at least 50% into the equation that you are prophetic I am prophetic we are prophetic I'm already excited just by hearing that just by saying that now it's imperative that to grow strong in Christ and to make him the center of your life I'm saying it again it is imperative that we grow strong in Christ and make him the center of our lives that's key number one it's imperative I'm saying it again to grow strong in Christ and make him the center of your life key number one when you clothe yourself with Christ the life ye not me the life ye not your leader, not your pastor, not your apostle, not your prophet, not your evangelist or your teacher. Not your neighbor, not somebody sitting next to you in the pews in the church. No, that life, that life ye, that's Christ, loved on earth. Galatians 2.20 says that, that, that I am crucified but Christ is no longer I that love. And the life that I love, no, don't get confused. The life that I love is actually Christ loving through me. So I'm clothed with Christ. So when you clothe yourself with Christ, when you clothe yourself with Christ, the life He loved on earth and that He loves through your life will become potent through you as you reflect Him, not yourself. You're reflecting Him. So I'm saying it again. We have to grow strong in Christ and make Him the center of your life. So when we grow strong in Christ and Christ Christ becomes the center of our life, then everything we do and say evolves around Him and, and, and comes from Him. He's our source. He's, he's the one that brings the best out of us and wants to bring us to the next level of our walk in Him. Amen. So Galatians 2.20 is one of the most powerful scriptures that I embrace and that I love and that I love by because I know that the life that people see in me and people think, wow, you're doing a great job, Ed. Wow, you're working on yourself. I'm telling you, there is the only Christ, the power and the strength of Christ, the move of the Holy Spirit uh, pointing to Christ, always pointing to Christ, that dunamis, that power, uh, that, that inherent power, the power that resurrected Christ from the dead, when I start to put it inside of my life and I project it out, I'm telling you, Christ stays over and now Christ starts to live a life that I know this can only be the Lord's. Now understand and pursue God's center. That's very key. Number two, understand also and pursue your center. That's another key. So we're looking at two keys when it comes to the center. Let me speak first on, on God's key, on God's center. When we look at the center of God, now people have over the years has tried to, to, to measure the Lord. 
has tried to outsmart God in a way how he thinks and how he reasons. And I can tell you now, we can never outsmart God. We can never outreason God. The Bible says that the thoughts of God, the mind of God is not our mind, it's not our thoughts. The ways of God uh, is not our ways. So whenever God wants to do something new in the earth, whenever one, God wants to do something new in your life, whenever God wants to do something in my life in, or in our life, or God wants to use you because God wants to do something new in somebody else's life. It's important that the one that draws from God must understand the center of God, must understand the inner, inner part, the inner circle of God. The only way you can draw from the center of God is when you put your ear close to the mouth of God. Putting your ear close to the mouth of God is already putting you close to the center of God. Now we might not understand everything about the center of God. We might not have the complete revelation of the center of God. But what I do know over the years of my personal experience that as closer as I bring my ear to the mouth of God, the more I understand the center of God. I'm not saying that in this, in, in this, in, by this that I know completely everything about the center of God, but what I know is the center of God, it, it involves the heart of God. I know the center of God uh, involves the mind of God. I know the center of God uh, involves the, the intention of God. So everything about the intentions of God, the mind of God, the heart of God, I will find it in the center of God. And I pursue the center of God. Now this is going to come very close now home because we have to understand something about the things of God and the mind of God today. Now the Bible is very clear about how we need to pursue God. The Bible says when we look for God, when we pursue God, when we see God, that there's a reward. Now God will reward us as we pursue the Lord and as we pursue the center of Him that has made everything heaven and earth. Now they speak, I put another statement down understand and pursue your center now that is where the thing changes for the prophet because the prophet needs to understand that he himself has a center it all depends what resides in his center or her center if you haven't dealt with your past hurts if you haven't dealt with your past pain, if you haven't dealt with your past trauma and the stuff of your past that haven't been dealt with, I can tell you now, that will be residing in your center. And whatever's in your center, whatever's in the inside of you will come out by your mouth. Now, in order for us to become an effective oracle of God, we have to understand the center of God. The center of God speaks about holiness. The Bible says without holiness, we cannot see God. So the center of God speaks about holiness. The center of God speaks about complete healing, holistic healing. The center of God speaks about complete transformation and restoration. So when I pursue the center of God, me as an oracle, me that pursue the prophetic of the Lord, I can tell you now beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's about to do something great in my life and in your life as we pursue the center of God, that I know that God will also deal with our center. So when the Lord started to deal with our center, keep in mind why I'm saying this. I'm saying this because based on a scripture where the word of God says out of one fountain, cannot come two kinds of water which means that the Lord needs to purify us God needs to heal us deliver us set us free so that when he speaks he speaks yes from a broken vessel he speaks yes from an imperfect vessel yes all of that is true but when we pursue holiness God will draw into the pursuing of our holiness for him God will draw into that and speak 
So now the Bible, the, the, the word says, understand and pursue your center. My center needs to bring out only one kind of, of, of water. I say it again. My center, understand and pursue your center. My center, your center, our center must only produce the purity of the word of God as we pursue holiness in him. Isn't God great and isn't God good in how God wants to do something in our lives? Let me define center. Number one, the point that is equally distant from every point and the circumference of a circular or a sphere. Number two. The point from which an activity or process is directed or on which it is focused. Isn't God good? So God and you or me, we are the center of prophecy. First, let me go back. God is the center of all prophecy. By the time it comes to me and you, we become at that moment as God is using us at that given time or place or avenue or area become the center of the prophecy. Hence, we must be very careful for pride to enter the prophet because now the prophet becomes the center. That's why people keep gravitating towards the prophet as if they reason the prophet has all the answers. Now, the prophet don't have all the answers. No, the prophet gets his answer from God. So the center of the prophets the center of the prophet takes from the source God. The center of the prophet takes from the center of God. I hope you get this right. The center of the prophet draws from the center of God and then give it to the individual that needs to hear the word of God. So keep in mind that we need to be equally balanced. There needs to be an equal balance when it comes to drawing and when it comes to giving. There needs to be a prophetic equilibrium, a perfect balance in all of this. I trust God that we're going to be blessed as we endeavor and we'll be blessed as we pursue the things of God when it comes to the prophetic pertaining everything surrounding the prophetic in our lives. We have to desire the gift. Why am I saying that? Let us just assume for one minute that you have don't have a calling on your life. Let's say you don't have a calling. Let's say that in your mind you have dreams, in your mind you have visions. Or let's say that you just know you have visions and you know you have dreams. You know you are strange, you know you are peculiar. You know there's something uh, that in the eyes of people you're off, but you're not off. It's because you have a gift or you would desire a gift or God already gave you something that you know is spiritual but you can't decipher. To get you on a place where you grow from 50%, keep in mind you have a testimony. Now you want to grow but you're not sure where you got the calling on your life. At least start to desire the gifts and start to desire this gift with an earnest, strong pursuing of the gift. There must be an earnest desire. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says, But earnestly desire the best gift. We are now focusing on the gift of prophecy. So when we speak on the gift of prophecy, I know you're going to say, Lord, is that where I must start? I'm telling you now, if you, if you doubt your calling, at least start with the desiring for the prophetic. And say, Lord, you, I, I need you to, 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 to bless me. I need you to, to fill me with this gift of your Holy, Spirit, your Holy Spirit. And Lord, just grant me the desire by blessing me, Lord, as I desire this gift for my life. So I pray as you listen to me that God will grant you the desire of your heart, especially pertaining the gift of prophecy on your life. Isn't God good? God is a gracious and blessed God. 
So understand to give the gifts. Now a lot of people make the mistake that they want to pursue the gift that comes from God and they want to pursue the gift that the Holy Spirit brings. But they have no desire to follow the Holy Spirit. They have no desire to pursue the, 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 the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They have no desire that the Holy Spirit keep illuminating and keep uh, uh, bringing up new stuff that you, we need to deal with in our lives. So every time there's illumination, every time God put a spotlight on issues in our lives, we don't want that area of life. The moment you reject that side of the Holy Spirit, you are basically rejecting the fullness of the gift that the Holy Spirit gives in the form of prophetic for your life, for my life, and for the body of Christ, and for your local ministry. Now, there are the diversities of gifts by the same Spirit, says 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, keep that in mind. We are still dealing with the gift of prophecy. Though there are different gifts, we are now focusing on the gift of prophecy. Of all the gifts you desire, you say, Lord, I desire the gift of prophecy. Keep in mind, yours are not so unique. There's a diverse diversity of gifts. Though there are other gifts that are equally important to God via the Holy Spirit for the body of Christ, for the growing of the body of Christ, for the edification of the body of Christ, for the growth of the body of Christ equal. So I thank God that God is doing something great in our lives today. How do we receive the gift? By understanding a very profound statement. Verse 2 Corinthians chapter 4. How do we understand the gift? How do we understand the gift? By understanding a profound statement. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. That's key. We also believe, therefore we speak. That is key. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. God is good. So by believing in the spirit of faith, God is blessing us also to believe in order for us to speak now. When I prophesy personally, when I do prophesy over people's life, everything I say, everything I do prophetically, I do it by faith. So without faith, you cannot please God, said the book of Hebrews chapter 11. So without faith, I cannot please God. So you want to please God, you have to understand, you must operate, you must move, you must forward yourself in the prophetic by faith. Every step you take is by faith. Every move you do is by faith. Everything you do is by faith. God bless you as I continue speaking. Now, there's something so great going on in, in what God is doing, and I'm already excited for the Lord and in the Lord. Amen and amen. On what do we base our faith in the gift? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. So we base our faith uh, uh, on the scripture where the word of God says all scripture is given by inspiration. So because I believe and I have faith and I know that whatever scripture and whatever word I, I speak and whatever comes from my mouth is based by God's inspiration. So whether in the word of God, the, the written word of God, whether the word of God coming into my spiritual ear, that's for somebody that needs to hear, I can tell you now it comes by inspiration. So the inspiration that I experience because of God speaking to me, I must believe that it is profitable. 
I must believe is probable whether is probable for doctrine, for reproof, or for correction or instruction. Whether it is to, to put somebody on course, whether it is to correct somebody, whether it is to bring healing, deliverance, and whether it is to bring complete transformation in somebody's life, I must believe that it's inspired and it is profitable. Now keep in mind, when God speaks and inspires, when God wants to bring about profitableness in somebody's life, if they, uh, whichever way we look at it, we have to understand the mind of God to bring profit into your life is to bring it into righteousness so God's mind is for righteousness God wants to bring whoever he speaks to or whatever situation he speaks into he want to bring it in the right standing with himself so when God brings the word of, of, of prophecy into your life my life our life somebody else's life uh, through us as a vehicle and an oracle and an instrument we must know that the mind of God is to bring about righteousness so God wants to bring a situation, a family, a marriage, a life. God wants to bring your life, my life, our life into right standing with Him. That is what it's all about. So God will inspire the prophet. God will motivate the prophet and inspire the prophet to speak a word. And it will be a word that is profitable for, for the kingdom of God, for the body of Christ, uh, for the local house, the local church, the local ministry, whichever way God wants to uh, take form uh, to speak in and through the vessel that God uses. When God approves the vessel, nobody else can doubt the vessel of the Lord in this area. How do we establish it through the gift? Because we have to establish uh, 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 our faith uh, through the gift. We have to establish our gift uh, through the faith. And so we have to understand the two and how it balances out. Now let me quote the scripture. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. So we have weapons. It is not just ordinary weapons. It is weapons of warfare. So there's warfare weapons. So there's weapons of warfare or there's warfare weapons are not carnal. It is not flesh. It's not from us. But it's mighty in God. So whatever weapons we're using, we have to believe that it is mighty in God. It is mighty in God. It is not carnal. Which means that if God is using me prophetically, I have to see the gift of prophecy, the office of prophecy. I have to see it as a weapon of warfare that God is using. Hence, the enemy hates the prophetic. Hence, the devil hates those who are prophetic or who are prophetically inclined. You just have a mind, prophetic mind. You just have a desire for the prophetic and all y'all is already breaking loose over your life. Why? Because you are about to make and bring a change somewhere into one family, some families, some community, some workplace, some place of study, whichever form area God is using you. The devil knows that if you connect and you tune in prophetically with God, you are just connecting yourself with a weapon of warfare, who, which is, who, who is powerful and mighty in God. He hates the fact that what you are using is not mighty in yourself, it's not mighty in myself and ourselves. No, no, no. It's mighty in God. For what? To do what? Or for pulling down strongholds. So every time God uses you prophetically and you declare and you decree, you are pulling down a stronghold 
over a house stronghold, over families stronghold, over communities stronghold on your workplace that has been there for many, many years. Maybe, maybe it's generational. It is there for people have been struggling and they need God to deliver them and they've been praying. And then God uses you and God uses me. God uses us and somehow God direct our ways and we end up in the problem and we are now the solution in God. We have the weapon of prophecy in God. It is mighty in God. It is inspirational in God. I believe it by faith. I declare by faith. I believe it by faith. I speak by faith. I believe it by faith. I declare by faith. I believe it by faith. I prophesy by faith. Isn't God good? So I'm already inspired just by inspiring you in order for you to see what God is doing. Now ignorance cannot be allowed in the operating and the operation of the gift. It's not possible. Because the moment we allow ignorance, we will, will we will bring ourselves into trouble. We will bring the local church into trouble. We will bring the, the, the body of Christ into trouble. Because we're exposing something that God is not. Now, now many times, we, we want to get away with the fact that we were ignorant. Now, I'm telling you now, it's impossible for a true prophet to be ignorant. Every true prophet that really pursued the heart of God allows the Spirit of God. Keep in mind, I said, keep in mind that when you desire the gift or the office of the prophecy, you cannot exclude the Holy Spirit. Now keep in mind the Spirit of God will direct us and point us to Christ, who is the truth. He, he directs and points us always to truth. So the Holy Spirit will point to truth that needs to be that, that needs to be addressed in our lives. That God knows if I address areas in my life that is not truthful. God will address it in order to make it truthful. So every time some, some non-truth and such, every time there's issues in our lives that the Holy Spirit illuminate and lighten us up so that we can see and bring us on the operation table, that means that area of ignorance God will eradicate. That area of ignorance God will remove. So every time a true prophet engaged the, closer to the mouth of God, God will point out stuff. The Holy Spirit will point out stuff. And when the Holy Spirit starts pointing out, out stuff, the Holy Spirit is now challenging areas of ignorance. Areas that has been completely aloof from you, away from you. The devil has been uh, hidden stuff away. The devil has been hiding and trying to keep stuff away for you to see. So now God starts, uh, uh, sounds his light on it. God puts light on these areas and now the spirit of ignorance are slowly vanishing from your mind. The spirit of ignorance are slowly vanishing from your emotions. The spirit of ignorance are slowly vanishing from your body. And now you start to see things the way God is seeing it. Now keep in mind, be diligent, says the word in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He says, be diligent, be diligent. Have the zeal, have the desire. Make your mind up. Have enthusiasm in your life where you say, Lord, use me. I'm excited for God. I'm going to pursue this and nothing is going to stop me. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Now, a lot of people that desire the prophetic are very diligent in the gift. They are diligent uh, pursuing the gift and they, they want the zeal of God in there. They want the anointing of God in the gift. They want God, they use you with fire and uh, they want God, they use them with, uh, with earthquake and power and strength and the wind and all that. And they, they say, Lord, I want to be a mighty, mighty woman of God, man of God. No, no, no. Let's put that one side for now. I'm telling you, all of that can be, can, we can address that. That's not, that they say it's not important, but the very first thing you have to understand 
before you become diligent in and operating in the gift and moving in the office and just be used by God in the office, we have to be diligent in for to present ourselves, to present ourselves, yourself, myself, ourselves. We must be diligent to present ourselves approved to God. So God needs to be the tick of approval. God needs to say, I approve this vessel. I approve this vessel. Now, are you saying that we are perfect? No, I didn't say that. What I'm saying is we are in the pursuit of, of the glory of God. We are in the pursuit of holiness. God is a miracle worker. God is, a, is, a, is divine. God is a sovereign. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. So whatever we do, God sees. He sees the intentions of our heart. He's the one that uh, tests the kidneys. He's the one that tests the heart. So God is, is, is aware of everything that goes on in our minds, in our emotions. What I'm saying is when we present ourselves to God diligently, God will approve us to become a workman, a worker who does not need to be the same. If only you see how, how, how the devil messes up the gift and the offers of the prophetic right through the world, you can see how people are making a mockery of the body of Christ, the things of Christ, how the devil has come in and made a complete mockery and a shame of what is supposed to be one of the most potent, powerful, effective weapons of warfare in the hands of God. So the, the devil has, uh, has distorted something very powerful. The devil has uh, nullified the power as, to a degree of the prophetic. People are doubting the prophetic. People are doubting whether it's still relevant in this 21st century. People don't want to hear the prophet speaking really. And if they do hear the prophet speaking, it must be a watered down uh, area of speaking. They want, people, they want the prophet to speak what is in their hands. And the prophet wants to speak what is in his heart. So the two spirits connect and the two spirits speak. And when they connect, they are watering down because whenever God speaks prophetically, listen to me today, whenever God speaks prophetically, there's always a condition. Whenever God speaks, God will put the condition out. There's always something God wants to exchange, so to speak. There's always something God wants you to rectify, get in order, put straight in your life or put straight somewhere. So whenever God speaks, God says, I want to bless you. It's my intentions. As a matter of fact, the, the intentions of my heart for you is pure. The intentions of my heart for you is, 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 is noble, is upright, says the Lord. So whenever God wants to do something in your life, He wants us to present ourselves in a diligent way to him that he can approve us as a worker who does not be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of truth and there's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to the prophetic anything relating to the prophetic if you do not divide uh, do, uh, do not divide the word of truth in truth we have a problem and a lot of people are going out now desiring the prophetic gift but there's no real truth in them the moment there's no truth in you, how can you speak from a God that's true, a truth word? In order for you to speak from a God that stands for truth, His name is truth. So when we speak from a God who is truth, and we want to speak to people who wants to hear the truth, and you don't have truth in you, you cannot speak truth. And that is where the trouble comes in, in the body of Christ, and where the same comes in, in the body of Christ, and where we just must understand the mind of God for God's people. The game changer today, I need you to understand something. I don't, if you have heard nothing throughout now, and the stuff that you still have to deal with, and still have to have issues with, I'm telling you, there's a game changer right here. The game changer today is, 
the main reason and purpose of this gift or the office of prophecy is to reveal God and to establish His kingdom to humanity and in humanity. There's a game changer right here. And I need you to understand this game changer. If there's nothing else you have heard before what I've said, or you are struggling in areas that you need to change and to rectify and bring uh, in alignment with God, I need you to get this as a game changer. The game changer is the main reason and purpose of the gift or the office of prophecy is to reveal God, number one. Number two is to establish the kingdom of God in the earth to humanity. To establish the kingdom of God in the earth and to humanity. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much that you could walk with me through this whole show and be with me and, and, and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you, saying to us, saying to the body of Christ, saying to the local church when it comes to the prophetic. I pray that God will bless you as you pursue Him in the prophetic. I pray that God will bless you as you endeavor in areas of your life where you say, Lord, please change and change where you need to change your way and not my way. Blessings upon blessings on your life. May you continue to see the fruit of your pursuing of the prophetic in Christ Jesus by the power and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'll be seeing you next week. Stay safe. Yours in his mission.